1: This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? No, <laughs> I no idea. It's time to dominate your fantasy league.
2: Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. That's just going to go the distance. Now,
1: here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath.
0: It is Wednesday. It is June 1st. Welcome to June, everybody. Today on the show, Heath gives us five bold predictions. Jamie, Steels and Azerstat, We give our thoughts on the Ozark finale. We're going to do that at the very, very end of the show. There will be no spoilers. I'll tell you when it's happening. If you haven't seen it, don't worry. And also, we have a major, major programming announcement. We're going to do that in about 10 minutes. You don't want to miss it. You got to hear it. Major announcement. Anyway, Heath, you ready to be bold today? And also, I'm going to tell Jamie what you said about him behind his back yesterday. Just
1: letting you know. I don't remember what I said about Jamie, so now I'm a little nervous. But um, no, I'm very excited. This is my favorite show of the year. I think we should do a bold (laughs) prediction show every single week of the regular season. There is nothing better. I I wrote this in the article. There's nothing better as a fantasy analyst than to get asked for bold predictions because it's completely fun and there's no accountability. Nobody expects you to be right.
0: I agree. I, lo- I, <laughs> I love it, and I get to do my bowl predictions on Friday because we needed an extra episode. So Schrager was like, "I guess Azer can do it." So yeah, I, I love, I'm looking forward to giving bull predictions because they are just fun. Uh, Jamie, by the way, Heath said that his quarterback bowl prediction was bolder than yours.
3: Oh well, I, I yeah. to, to be fair, I knew which one he was going to use, um, so that took that one off the table.
0: <laughs> right. So yesterday, Russell Wilson, QB1, that was Jamie's. Today, we'll find out who Heath says. I uh, have a few segments first. Let's start with this one. <laughs> Hilarious pun here. Worth the weight. W-E-I-G-H-T. Najee Harris weighs 244 pounds, which is don't a like b- that. Yeah, but he says it's only four pounds heavier than he was last year. He said, quote, brah, I weighed 240 last year. Reporters really don't be knowing nothing. Just be tweeting
3: bleep. I still don't like it. I
0: don't really like it either. Two forty-four is a lot of pounds. That's like two of me almost.
1: Not quite. Yeah, I think two (laughs) forty-four is a more successful running back weight than one twenty-two. (laughs) Anyway, I'm not. But um, yeah, I I don't. I just don't think there's a few guys who, if they gained weight, we might think it was a good thing. But Najee Harris is not one of them, and mostly, it's not viewed as a positive.
0: But it is only four pounds, according to Najee Harris, brah.
3: Um, our uh, NFL on CBS Twitter account said that he's now heavier than when Jerome Bettis arrived to Pittsburgh in 1996.
0: But he's not heavier than Derrick Henry.
3: Uh, no.
1: So. <laughs> I did. To be clear, I did not move Najee Harris at all based on this report. I just don't like Well, because he's heavier, it's hard to move him. Yeah. <laughs> What about you, Jamie? Is
0: this going to change your rankings of Najee? Uh, probably not. But I just don't. I just don't like. It. Yeah, I just don't like. It. Okay. Next segment: Jamie steals an Azer stat. Well, that's just the Jamie stat. Because I said on yesterday's show we were talking about Aaron Jones. I mentioned how many catches he had in one game without Devontae Adams last year. I think it was seven catches. And I said it's. This always happens. I don't have the exact numbers. I got to look into that. And you looked into that and you tweeted it. You beat me to it. So, congratulations. So I didn't steal it. You kind of stole, stole my idea. No.
3: You're – no.
0: I was going to do – all right. Well, it was really good, though. Um, you want to
3: reveal it? Uh, I don't remember exactly. Okay, I, I have it. it. But it's, uh, five catches over the – eight. so, Adams, in the last three years, has missed – it's basically seven and a half games because in week two of the 2020 season, he left after halftime uh, of that game. Uh, but Aaron Jones had a big spike in receptions. So it's basically like eight games that he didn't finish the whole game or didn't make it past halftime over the last three seasons. Uh, my my bold prediction was that Aaron Jones would lead the Packers in receptions. And so if you take that over 17 games, that's 85 catches. If he hits the average, uh, I don't think he's going to do that. But, you know, that's kind of what we were talking about, that he has a chance to maybe be among the league leaders in receptions among, at, at the position. And so... There's a pretty pretty clear path to it. He's got four total touchdowns in those eight games. He's averaged, I think it was 67 yards or 57 yards um, in those eight games. So they use him quite a bit as a receiver whenever Adams has not been there.
1: That is one of my favorite Azer stats ever. This is <laughs> this is why Jamie's an award winning analyst. It's like this and late or great at tight end things like this that he comes up with are uh, <laughs> really uh, <laughs> really fantastic.
0: I had him with five touchdowns by the way. So. The uh, the eight Maybe games five. the seventeen game pace for those eight games without Devonte Adams over the last three seasons eighty five catches nine hundred and sixty nine yards eleven cat eleven touchdowns on one hundred and seventeen targets that's Aaron Jones in where, seven and a half games without Devonte Adams
1: where do you have Jones now in PPR Jamie um right around like sixteen
3: or seventeenth overall uh, eighth or ninth running back off the board I've got him eighth so yeah we're in the same place.
0: Okay, here's another segment called Heath also has a stat to share.
1: Yes, this is a a rebuttal for the people who say, well, yeah, Josh Allen and Kyler Murray got a lot better with Stefan Diggs and DeAndre Hopkins, but Jalen Hurts isn't near, near as good a passer as those guys are. Before those guys, Josh Allen and Kyler Murray were essentially worse in almost every statistic that measures passing efficiency yards per attempt hurts is at 7.3 for the first two years in his career or first 19 starts allen 6.6 murray 6.6 he's better in adjusted net yards per attempt the same or better in touchdown rate and interception rate murray's passer rating was slightly higher because he completed a lot of very short area passing early in the early in his career but hurts um every bit as good as murray and allen before they got their star number one wide receiver
0: all right, so why don't we jump into that bold prediction, and then we'll do our, our major programming announcement. The bold prediction is that Jalen Hurts will be QB1 this year. And uh, by the way, I just want to promote one thing real quick. We have a merchandise store for you. We have a promo code if you want to get uh, T-shirts, mugs, sweatpants, laser-engraved pint glasses, hats, water bottles. I got the long-sleeve T-shirt. It's awesome. Uh, Schrager, you're going to see him in a little bit. He's wearing an FFT shirt today. I think Heath has the sweatpants. I got the link to the CBS store in the episode description. And if you want to use the promo code FANTASYFOOTBALL20, you're going to get 20% off your your order. And that's just for our podcast listeners, FANTASYFOOTBALL20 in the CBS store. If you want some FFT merchandise, it's really cool stuff. And you get to show your support for our podcast and tell your friends basically how you beat them every year. Uh, just rub it in their faces. So again, the promo code is fantasy football twenty, and the link is in the episode description. All right. So Jalen Hurts, QB one, and I'll remind everybody that in the first seven games of the season, he was QB two in four point per passing touchdown leagues, QB three per game, and in six point he was QB five, QB six per game, and then he they just stopped throwing. They became super run heavy, but uh, he's been he's been awesome when they had the opportunity to throw the ball. So
1: go ahead, Heath. Take the your the floor is yours. Yeah, going back to Allen and Murray. Allen, the year after he acquired Stephon Diggs, threw for 1,500 more yards and 17 more touchdowns than he did the year before. That probably won't happen. But Murray threw for an extra 250 yards and six touchdowns. It was about three and a half more fantasy points per game the one year, year over year, just in passing stats for Kyler Murray when he added DeAndre Hopkins. If you add three and a half fantasy points per game to Jalen Hurts last year, that makes him QB three last year. So I do, and That's and that's the, the lower of the two improvements. I just think it's hard to overestimate the impact that A.J. Brown could have on Hurts as a passer. And he all, already has an enormous floor and ceiling because of what he does as a rusher. I don't know that anybody besides Lamar Jackson has more rushing upside than Jalen Hurts this year. Uh,
0: Jamie, is there any anything, I don't know. I, look, it's a bold prediction, so I know we're not going to rank him number one, although Heath, you have him
3: where? you have hurts five i think right five. now yeah
0: is there any reason why he can't be number 1 you could definitely make the case right jamie
3: you have to i mean i have him six so i'm i'm not far behind uh heath and probably the, the the one quarterback that we differ on is i have russell wilson ahead of him so you know i i think if you take russ out then he's right there um the only concern i have is which eagles offense are we going to see are we going to see the eagles offense at the beginning of the season when they allowed jalen hurts to throw and they allowed this you know passing game to of dictate what they did, or are we going to see the run-heavy approach that we saw in the second half that allowed them to be a playoff contender? And so, I I think you're going to see probably a mix. Um, you know, it it's probably going to come down to the touchdowns. You know, for for Hertz, uh, what they do in the red zone. Um, he's got all the tools. He's a running quarterback. They added weapons. Um, he's proven that he can you know be successful throwing the ball from a fantasy perspective, clearly not from a team perspective. Uh, based on how their season went last year. But, I mean, the Eagles have done everything right this offseason to build around him. The only question would be is that, you know, if he starts off struggling, and I know it's <laughs> he's favorite guy of all time, but if he starts off struggling, do they bench him? And, you know, the, the, the rumblings in Philadelphia about, is he a franchise guy? Is he the guy, you know, that they should be focused on? We know they have the capital in 2023 to get another quarterback. And so, if things start to go south early, and he's the one that's the reason why, that could be a problem. But I, I think you just got to buy into the upside. You know, there's just there, there there's so many fallback options at that position that you should always be looking to swing for the fences. And he's the guy that can hit a home run based on everything in front of him.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, last be year, open, l- l- I don't want I don't want to speak for everyone, but I think last year at least some of us felt like. You could draft Jalen Hurts as a number one starter, but he probably wasn't one of the guys that, that should be your only quarterback. He wasn't like a Dak Prescott or something. So maybe you wanted to draft a backup with him. You know
3: him. what my uh, my bold prediction was last year? What's that? My three? I went back and looked to see what I wrote. Jalen Hurts will be a top five quarterback, I think it was. Well, do you feel like you got
1: that right? No, I didn't. <laughs> well, you did for half the season. I no, he, that was the DeAndre. Because like, I was looking back and looking, might as well. And like DeAndre Swift, I didn't get right. I him as a top five running back. But he was that for the first six weeks of the season, so I got to do my victory laps before he got hurt. <laughs> no, I mean, like, her, Hertz was early. I think I think you you know obviously you were onto something with your bold predictions,
0: even if they didn't exactly come true. But uh, anyway, uh, do you feel like based on what Jamie just said, with maybe he's the only you know he's probably the only top twelve quarterback that has any chance of losing his job? But that's not exactly what Jamie said. But he was laying out the case. Uh, do you think Jalen Hurts can be the only quarterback you draft?
1: I'm fine with him as the only quarterback I draft as long as we're not in one of those leagues where everybody's drafting two and some teams are drafting three and there's just nobody on the waiver wire. Okay.
0: Okay, uh, another thing that I wanted to bring up was yak, yards after catch. If you look at the look at the teams that led the NFL in yak last year, Chiefs, Bucks, Bengals, Packers, Chargers, Raiders, Cardinals, Cowboys, 49ers, we know their offense. Um, now, some, a lot of that is just pass attempts, right? But the best passing teams are up there, are leading the league in yak. And AJ Brown, in two of his three seasons, if you look at players who have had 50 or more catches, in two of his three seasons, he's been number one in yak per catch. Um, so that's you know that's pretty crazy. He's got that ability. Uh, all right, we got a major programming announcement here. Schrager, what's up? What's up,
2: everybody? (laughs) Big announcement on my end. This is my last week with CBS and with Fantasy Football Today. It's been an amazing three years. And, Adam, I know we wanted to chat through some of my favorite memories, but the number one thing has been interacting with all of our fans, all of our FFT family, whether it's Ask FFT on Twitter or Draftathon raising thousands of dollars for St. Jude. It's been an amazing three years here. But, yeah, do you want to talk some memories? I'd love to. But, yeah, before we do that, I mean – this is crazy. I mean,
0: this is Ben Schrager's last show. He's basically his last day. He's moving tomorrow. Uh, he'll, he'll tell you all about it. I went from interviewing him in a Starbucks in New York City <laughs> to him being my boss two years later. <laughs> um, I've watched him uh, grow into a leader. I, he, became, he became a boss at a very young age at a major company. So it's really impressive. He has helped our show so much. We've grown so much in the. Uh, how long have you been here? Three years. Three, yeah. In the three years he's been here, I mean, we weren't even doing YouTube. He's, I don't know. He's he's grown our social media. It just we're, we, he brought us to the twenty first century, and he's been incredibly easy to work with. Never an argument. Unbelievable hire. I didn't hire him. I just helped interview him. So I wasn't giving myself credit. Unbelievable hire. Uh, we're going to miss he him. He that added hiring. <laughs> we're going to yeah. miss him so much. And thank you for everything you've done, man.
2: Well, it's been amazing working with you, Adam, and everyone on the team. And you've been all so easy to work with. And everyone's been willing to do Ask FFT and interact with the fans and everything. And I know that's going to continue. And I think we have strong plans for the rest of this season and years to come. But I mean, thinking back to my time, my number one memory is probably fantasy football yesterday, not even today. Yesterday, the week we did. Oh during yeah, COVID.
0: that those are really fun. So that was what we were. What did we do?
1: <laughs> I, I, who did I get roasted for? I forgot. There was
0: somebody
2: was that I had we in were, my top
1: five that I just got roasted. We
2: were doing our top five.
1: Like okay, yeah. Stop,
2: boy, maybe it was like greatest players of the. Oh, it was
0: Frank Gore. It was Frank yeah, Gore.
1: Gore. Yeah. Might have been Frank Gore. He was. I mean, the you. Um, I think I talked to Schrager some, I got a, an email from somebody in the New York office. And so we've got this kid who plays college baseball at rice and runs a fantasy football Twitter account. And he was wanting to know if he could talk to one of you, um, about the, the industry. And so I talked to him on a phone call. Sheesh. Was that, that was a two years,
2: three That years, was three and a half years ago,
1: three and a half years ago. Um, but my favorite Schrager memory is probably uh, beers with Gardner
2: Minshew
1: in <laughs> um, w- Wynwood. We really
2: did just drink beers with Gardner Minshew, and no <laughs> one else was there. And Peter King. And Peter King. That's, that would be a
0: pretty good memory. Yeah, that would be a fun one. Um, yeah, fantasy football yesterday was great. We, you did a great job during, during the pandemic. There was nothing going on. We had to come up with a lot of programming.
2: And oh this, yeah, yeah. This yeah. is my favorite Super Bowl memory was creating <laughs> gifts like this, especially this one. And we'll just let this play. And everyone who's not viewing on YouTube, you should probably watch YouTube right now.
3: My uh my, my favorite tracker moment was that he would make me set up all these mock drafts and then would decline taking part in all the mock drafts <laughs> because he had all these mysterious meetings.
0: Oh yeah, Ben's been missing so Ben's always in a meeting. So anyway, Ben, what are you what are your future plans?
2: So I'm moving to Austin, Texas at the end of this week and going to work for Win Reality, which is a virtual reality baseball training company. So not podcast, not fantasy, but it's going to be a fun new challenge. Get back to my baseball roots and do some virtual reality baseball training for kids, college players, pro players. So it should be a really fun experience, but nothing beats the FFT crew.
0: You, you've been awesome and I thank you and I'm honestly I'm so uh, not happy about this because so, I, I, uh, have I so I want to go back to the about. virtual reality thing as
1: well. <laughs> I'm assuming that like to make this fun, maybe I'm just like giving you guys printing money for you. To make this fun that there will be like av- the pictures will be like avatars of you'll be facing a pitcher and it won't just be like a pitching a virtual pitching machine. Do you know how much fun it would be if we could get Azer as one of the avatars and you could just sit there and take Azer deep. That would be fantastic.
2: Oh my! I mean, what are we putting him at? Like seventy-three miles an hour? Like does no he have chance. A no, no <laughs> chance. Azer to break no. 60. How
3: about how about uh, oh, man, if you want to I'd practice beating a batter? How about he's the batter?
1: How about <laughs> Azer? The pitcher. He's the batter. Azer bats. It's the new
0: uh, Azer bats. We'll figure
1: out what that. Did, is. did you take offense yeah. to me saying no way you would break sixty?
0: Did I? Yeah. No, I didn't take offense, but I think I could break sixty. I
1: think I could break sixty.
0: Actually, from a from a mount, I don't know.
1: Where can where can I where can I do this? It might be sixty out of your hand. I don't think it'd be sixty by the time across home plate. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. How far away are you standing?
0: Uh, ten feet? I don't know.
3: Fifteen. <laughs> I saw. I watched last week a ten year old throw a perfect game, uh, on sixty eight pitches, and he throws between sixty five and seventy. Do you I, think you could? Be better than a 10 year old because I can't.
0: <laughs> no, I don't. I can't throw that fast.
3: I don't think. No. <laughs> Do you think you could hit that?
0: Yeah. I think, yeah, I could hit
3: that. Uh, what no. was he throwing? No curveballs? balls or just fast? He ball? has four pitches in his arsenal, from what I was told. No chance. I could hit a 14 I could hit. change up in a curve ball. <laughs> Shut
0: up, Ethan. I could hit it. <laughs> no He's no 10 chance. years old. I,
1: I uh, will hit. First off, he's taller than you. I
0: could hit a 10 year old.
1: He's Wait, taller than you. Uh, he's probably throwing from what, 54? Or he was throwing from 48 feet away. 48, 60 miles an hour from 48 feet. There's no chance. touch.
3: Okay, but I
0: think I could throw 60 from 48, mi- from 48 <laughs> feet away. I think I could. Right, anyway, this is about Ben.
3: Ben, thank you. Um, ben loves talking baseball.
2: Ben, you're the man. How hard, how hard, miss hard you. could you throw, Schrager? Got up to 87, but 87. I was much better at like 81 throwing underhand.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I could throw... I don't think I can't throw. I can't throw <laughs> underhand.
2: Like like sidearm,
0: submarine. Yeah, you gotta drop it down. Like, yeah, I think we're probably 41. Dan Quisenberry. All right, guys, uh, we're gonna take a break here. When we come back, Schrager will be here till just about the end of the show. He will not be here for the Ozark uh, recap,
3: but we'll have more of Heath's. He's not gonna find out about Jonah turning into a vampire.
0: No, he actually turns into a, it's it's werewolf versus vampire. They fight at the end. Uh, we will have more of Heath's bold predictions, including. Two Chiefs running backs, what they're going to do, a wide receiver, a 29-year-old wide receiver who's going to have his best season yet, and a bold prediction on Kyle Pitts. We'll be right back on Fantasy Football today. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family.
3: Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.
0: All right. We are uh, dealing with our feelings of abandonment here Mm. as we welcome you back to the show. And we've got our news and notes.
3: It's really, you know, you... You really screwed Heath over. Like you should have, like not had his bold predictions on the the show that Ben leaves. You should have done it on, like the show that you leave, so that nobody's gonna remember your bold predictions.
0: But Ben yeah. will be gone by then.
3: Yeah, you should have made this your day.
0: Mm, that seems wrong. I mean, that that would be a letdown to Schrager since he made the but schedule
3: overshadowing Heath for this week. Yeah,
1: that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm her. My favorite show of the year, and you ruined it. Oh, uh, yes. Heath's, let
0: it be known that Heath's favorite show of the year was the one that Schrager left. It was yes. Ben's last day. All right, injuries, news, and notes. Rashad Penny's back at practice after missing time with a hamstring injury. Deontay Johnson reported to voluntary OTAs, which was nice to see. Chase Claypool has been working at multiple positions in an effort to be more versatile, according to The Athletic. Aaron Donald hasn't ruled out retirement. They still haven't worked out his contract, and Aaron Donald said he'd be fine, but but he wants another Super Bowl, but... You know, he'd be fine leaving. I don't believe you. <laughs> I don't believe you. <laughs> Green Bay hoping to have left tackle David Bakhtiari back for training camp. He missed almost all of last season. He played only one game after an injury late in the 2020 season. So Packers, that, that's a big deal. I mean, this guy was a great left tackle. The Bucks looks like they're not going to have Indominus, sue but they signed defensive tackle Akeem Hicks to a one-year deal. If you just want to look at who was the better run defender last year, according to Pro Football Focus. Akeem Hicks was significantly better than Ndamukong Su, but Hicks has had trouble staying healthy. He's played five, 15, and nine games in his last three seasons. We know that Bucks run defense is ridiculous when they're healthy, and they have Akeem Hicks to replace Ndamukong Su now. now. Uh, charges against Jerry Judy were dismissed, and this is I don't remember if I mentioned this when I saw it last week, I think. I don't think I did, but pretty big deal. Trey Lance played with a chip bone in his finger for the entire 2021 season. He said that he had to learn how to throw the ball differently. I don't I, I'm sorry if I if we're repeating this, but I mean this is a this is a pretty big story because he wasn't a great passer last year, but had a broken finger for the entire year, Jamie. So um do you think Trey Lance could be the only quarterback that you drafted? Do you think you'd have to pair him with someone?
3: I mean, it's hard to say Today that he would be the only quarterback you would draft because Jimmy Garoppolo is still there. Uh, if Garoppolo is not there, then yes, he would be the only quarterback I would draft. But as Heath said, you have to know your league. So you know if everybody's drafting multiple quarterbacks, then you should take two. But you know if if uh, you know you have a small bench and you're wasting that on, on a quarterback, <clears throat> Adam, uh, then you shouldn't <laughs>
1: uh, have to worry about that. What which finger did you break? Uh, is
0: throwing hand finger.
1: It was on his throwing hand. Was it this one?
0: <laughs> uh, by the way, Jamie, can you uh, can you attest to this comment? Was it in, this one? It's not, Vinnie. Could you, <stop> it, <laughs> can you uh, back up this comment? The ten-year-old probably has a deeper voice than Adam, according to one of our YouTubers. Well, uh, when I
3: congratulated him after the game, he said thank you, <laughs>
0: <laughs> and he wasn't using any sound effects.
3: Uh, he is now, um, along with uh, this is my older son's team, by the way, uh, who's ten. But he is now uh, playing with the 12-year-old team that can be eligible for the Little League World Series. So, His name is Junior Cordero. If there's a team from Boca that makes it, just remember his name.
0: Okay. And remember these other four bold predictions from Heath Cummings. Here we go, Heath. Your Chiefs backfield bold prediction.
1: Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Ronald Jones will both finish as top 24 running backs on a per-game basis.
0: Okay, Clyde has not finished top twenty-four per game in either of his first two seasons,
1: but this will be the year along with Ronald Jones. And I think Ronald Jones actually did maybe in 2020 somehow finish because I had oh I'm actually in a full what's that? I'm sure he did because he was incredible when Fournette was out, which was like I actually had in 2020 that Clyde Edwards Celaire was RB twenty three and Ronald Jones was RB twenty-four in full PPR. What a terrible year for running backs. Right. Um, But like, I think it maybe gets overlooked just how much chiefs running backs did last year. They had 1,393 rushing yards, 793 receiving yards, 87 catches and 17 touchdowns. Now it was chopped up against amongst multiple guys, but if you just chop that up amongst Jones and Clyde Edwards, Laird, that's enough production to get him close. I do think there's a couple of reasons that things might be a little bit better for the running back group this year than it was in the past. And a lot of that's just that Tyreek Hill's not going to be there. He had, I think, 230 rushing yards over the past two seasons and two rushing touchdowns. He also had a lot of receiving touchdowns on little um, crazy little plays in the inside of the five-yard line that Andy Reid likes to do. I think Michael Hardman will take some of that work. But I do think there will be more running back opportunities inside the 10-yard line. And then I I really am hopeful. This is I've not seen anything that suggests this. This is a little bit of a hope and a prayer. But we're just going to use Clyde outside the tackles and in the passing game, as it looked like he should be used when he came into the NFL. And then Ronald Jones, when he just goes forward and has good blocking, is a very good runner between the tackles. I think he could be excellent in short yardage, maybe approach double-digit touchdowns while Clyde catches 60 passes.
3: What do you think, Jamie? I mean, it's certainly possible, um, but how much of that will take away? Because you know, you're giving touchdowns away from Mahomes at this point. You know, so how many touchdowns, you know, does that ruin some pass catchers there in Kansas City, specifically Mahomes and probably Kelsey? You know, if those red zone chances go to the running backs, and so can they have? Can this offense sustain? Because I, I, I'm hoping at least one of the receivers, clearly Juju, being the one. One of them emerges as a top 24, if not higher, fantasy option. Can this offense—and it probably the answer is yes—but can this offense sustain a top or carry a top three quarterback, uh, top two tight end, top 20 receiver, and two top 24 running backs? Be interested to find out.
1: Probably only if edwards lair and Jones are like 2020 very, very borderline number two running backs, probably <laughs> if they're both 20 to twenty twenty four, twenty four 24, if it works. But I also think- yeah, and, like,
3: and, and clearly, you know, the, that the, the involvement that they're, or the, the way that they're producing is in the passing.
1: Right. And I think the other side of this though, is like with their current ADPs, if either of them misses time, and they've both missed time in the past, that opens up a real opportunity for the other one to be a lot better than this. Yeah. Or Derek Gore. Or Derek Gore.
0: Yeah, well in Tampa Bay when when Leonard Fournette, if you remember two years ago, Fournette kind of didn't really get a lot of work early because he signed late. Whenever Fournette wasn't there and Ronald Jones was a lead back, he was a top I think he averaged like a top eight running back. He was so good in that offense. So yeah, it's a great opportunity. And Darrell Williams is always a guy who could come in and score some touchdowns, and he wasn't really that good of a runner, but he you know, he was obviously he was like a must-start guy basically, or close to it. Um, all right, yeah, so I guess, I guess, I don't really know what else to say. Um, we'll move on. We'll move on. There's there's nothing to the say. Va-
3: the value for both as he said is is amazing. You know, I mean, you're you're getting guys in this offense, which is something you always want to do, that are going to touch the ball quite a bit, which probably can happen, um, at for free.
0: But but it. But the counter to that is, what if they're both on the field so much that neither of them is really worth starting? But it's not costing you much. That's the problem. Clyde is costing you what seventh round pick something like that's that that's nothing for what the upside no is. but that, i don't agree because you've got a lot of for what the upside is yes but for what the but if he doesn't hit his upside and he's just like an eh player then he's probably not worth a seventh what
1: round what if he's rb 24 in the seventh round you didn't burn a pick and you got there was the potential for the upside the the way that that's true i i like to build
3: my teams would be like that's when I'm starting to look for my second running back, if not my third. But, you know, I already have my receivers in place and I haven't taken a quarterback yet. Uh, That's that's an easy dice roll there.
0: Okay. Brandon Cooks will have a career year and finish as a top 12 wide receiver. So he has never had more. In PPR. He's never had more than 1,204 yards, I believe. You think he's going to get
1: there? I think he will. uh, He will score more fantasy points this season on a per-game basis than he ever has. Um, part of that is because like, last, he already got the volume boost last year. His 134 targets was a career high last year. That was on a Texans team that was one of only three that ran fewer than 60 plays per game. So I think the Texans offensive volume you expect to be higher just because anytime a team is that low in terms of play volume, you expect them to regress towards the mean. I think you expect Davis Mills to at least be a little bit better which should help Cook's efficiency. And last year, Cook's yards per target, the worst of his career, his yards per reception, the second worst of his career because he was playing with a rookie quarterback who wasn't great. The other thing is he averaged nine targets per game in the nine healthy games he played with Davis Mills. So even those 134 targets, he was on 153 target pace in games with Davis Mills. I think we'll see more volume and more efficiency from Cook's than we saw last year.
0: His best finish per game is 12th in PPR. He's only had one season in his career, Brandon Cooks, where he's finished higher than 17th per game. So in full PPR, Heath is projecting the best, the most fantasy points per game. I don't know if that'll translate to the best finish. It depends on the other wide receivers every year, but
1: uh, he's definitely one of the guys I have ranked. Like this is one of the bold projections that I just have it ranked this way or not ranked this way, projected this way. Um, But I have him ranked below where I have him projected in the projections. He came out seventh.
0: Okay. Jamie, anything not to like about Brandon Cooks?
3: No, there's a lot to love. And first off, um, speaking of love, love what the Texans did today. They're at uh, minicamp, and they're all wearing shirts that say, we stand with Uvalde. Um, so, you know, supporting the the, the the community and, you know, just a tragedy there. Uh, so good job by the Texans, at least in that small gesture. Um, no, I mean, Brandon Cooks in a great spot. I and mean, you look at this receiving core, you know, there, there, there's, there's, I don't know, a lot to like, but there's a little bit to like about Nico Collins and his situation. There's a little bit to like about Brevin Jordan and his situation. Uh, John Miti can be—is um, it Miti or Mechie? Um, I always get confused.
1: Mechie. Um, Mechi. I think it's Mechie.
3: but uh, Mechi, If he's you know healthy, and uh, th- there's a lot to like there. The run game should be better to open up things in the passing game. You know, with uh, the additions of Marlon Mack and Damian Pierce. You know, so this offense is trending in the right direction, uh, as Heath mentioned. You know, Davis Mills. It uh, could be some more targets going in in other directions away from Brandon Cooks. But I mean, just criminally undervalued again. <laughs> you know, for for what the upside is. And I don't know if you want him to be your number one wide receiver, but I don't think you should hate it if that's the way it shakes out. You know, if you go, you know, in, into the fourth round, because I think that's where he's going to end up settling. Uh, if you get to the fourth round and you've gone, you know, two running backs in the tight end or, or, or some, you know, combination of not taking a wide receiver by that point, um, he's got that type of upside. So th- there's, there's a really good situation for Brandon Cooks. You know, you just have to fear at some point as he's getting older, you know, is there going to be a drop-off for the way that he plays? Um, I hope not. I hope this isn't the year. Uh,
1: and I, I, I think that's the big thing. Like, even if you don't believe anything that I said about Brandon cooks, he's still a great value.
3: Oh, he's
0: a tremendous value. what do I say? He's like wide receiver 27 in NFC ADP since May 1st, something like that. I asked Heath on FFT and five, if he'd rather have cooks or the Broncos receivers, he said, cooks, Jamie, do you agree?
3: Cooks or the Broncos receivers? Yeah. A hundred percent cooks. Okay. As much as I like the Broncos receivers, hundred percent.
0: Okay. Next bowl prediction. This is an interesting one, Heath. Jahan Dotson will be the best wide receiver on the Washington
1: Commanders. What? Yeah, just uh, stretching a little bit. Um, but I. When did you come was, up with this one? What's that? When did you come up with this one? Oh, it was definitely the uh, the Twitter OTA reports. That <laughs> okay, one hundred percent. <laughs> I, I will not deny that at all. And I, again, that should not necessarily change when you draft somebody or how you project somebody. But when you're talking about bold predictions, well, let's sure. let's go with it. Um, He has, if you haven't seen, had a very good time at OTAs, apparently building great rapport with Carson Wentz. And you know who's not at OTA? Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin. He's wanting a new contract. And I, I we're just one tweet about Dotson having breakfast with Carson Wentz away from <laughs> Dotson's ADP. Absolutely exploding. No, I do think... Like it's worth saying that Dotson's a much better prospect than Terry McLaurin was when he came into the NFL. He's two years younger. He's a first round pick instead of a third round pick. He had almost as much production in his final year at Penn State as Terry McLaurin had in his career at a, Ohio State. And they drafted Dotson in the first round when they already had McLaurin on the team. So I do think that there's a, like I don't think their AD, their value should be as far apart as their ADP is right now. And I don't think this one's completely crazy, especially if McLaurin's holdout extends in a training game.
0: Dotson had 20 touchdown catches in 21 games in his last two seasons at Penn State. He ran a 4.43. Yeah, I, he's kind of smaller. Might be a slot guy. I don't know, but he,
1: he earned like good, a 32 percent target share in college. Terry McLaurin earned eight percent. Wow, <laughs> like their their Jeez. difference as prospects. Well, McLaurin had Michael Thomas. Yeah, early in his career. And Paris um, what's that? And Paris Campbell. And Paris Campbell, which again, that might be might be a point in John Dutton's favor. if Paris Campbell is well, I thought
3: Campbell was a pretty good
1: player. Yeah, right. He was.
3: <laughs> um, I think if this if this bull prediction comes true, uh, Adam, as a Giants fan, is going to be happy because Washington will be even worse. <laughs> um,
0: no, I want the know. first pick. I don't. I don't. I'm. Ta- I'm all been. i in on the tank this
3: year. Yeah, well, so might watch and be if, if, if Dotson's their oh, best yeah. receiver. Um, you know, the, it, I, I, I would hope this doesn't come true <laughs> because yeah. much, there's much more people invested in McLaurin than there are in Jahan Dotson. Pretty but, bold, though. I mean, hey, it, it, it would probably be a McLaurin injury or McLaurin not playing. Um, uh, speaking of breakfast with uh, receiver, um, Dave and I did a hit on HQ yesterday uh, with the 100 days of the NFL, 100 days until the start of the season. Um, and he was saying uh, the, the topic was Cooper Cup. And he was saying, you know, using the line from Tombstone about I'm your Huckleberry. And he kept saying uh, that Cup is Stafford's Huckleberry. And I said, I wonder if they're having Huckleberry for breakfast together. <laughs> <So>.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't understand any of that. I did, never saw Tombstone. But <laughs> yeah, I, but I know Heath didn't either. So
1: never saw what? Tombstone. Oh, I've seen it like seven times. Oh, OK. Well, what are you talking about? I'm from- <laughs> Rural Missouri. I've seen every western that's ever been made. <laughs> my bad.
0: That is definitely a movie that I, I really want to see. It's on my list. I'll get to
1: it next offseason. Have you seen True Grit? Not seen True Grit. You need to see both of them. The they're, they're, they're new one wasn't quite as good as the original, but they're both very good.
0: Okay, last bold prediction. What a want wah this one is. Kyle Pitts will finish outside the top eight tight ends again. Ooh. It's no fun.
1: It's not. All. Yeah, um, I ended on a sour note, but I do like, th- I just think it's worth pointing out that Kyle Pitts finished last year tied in 11 on a per game basis. His team went from Matt Ryan at quarterback to either Marcus Mariota or Desmond Ritter and drafted the first wide receiver in the draft at number eight overall. And now he's a round three pick as the number three tight end again. And that, I don't think that makes a whole lot of sense. It's because he's only scored one touchdown on 110 targets and everybody ex- rightly expects he's going to score a lot more. But if he... Marcus Mar- Mariota, his new quarterback, has a career 4.3% touchdown rate. If Pitts had had a 4.3% touchdown rate last year, he would have scored five touchdowns if you round up. That still would have left him just behind TJ Hawkinson per game at tight end eight. Mm-hmm. hmm <sighs> I don't know what to do with this one. Right, what do you think, Jamie?
3: Well, I mean, you know, there, there's a lot of ifs, obviously, when it comes to pits, You know, uh, first off, is Mariota going to be the quarterback for 17 games? You know, so does Desmond Ritter come in and and or does he even start the season? And he's such a difference maker, you know, like we saw once upon a time with. It's a very lofty comparison, but a guy like Russell Wilson, you know, who was not a first round quarterback and, you know, came in as a rookie and beat out you know, a veteran that was brought in to be the guy and Matt Flynn and turn that team around, um, you know, as, as a passer. Ritter has certainly the upside to be uh, a, a better passer. I don't know if he will be, but he has the potential to be. But I think, you know, you look at Mariota um, and what he's done with tight ends in the past. I think it was Delaney Walker in, in Tennessee. Uh, he had the one game with Darren Waller in, in Vegas um, a couple of years ago uh, when Derek Carr got hurt and, and Waller just went nuts. Um the drafting the first wide receiver, I mean, you know, the they, they were gonna bring in bodies somewhere, you know, so you know, for their franchise sake, thankfully they they addressed the position. But, you know, is Drake London right now better than what the combination of Calvin Ridley early in the season and then Russell Gage at the end of the season for what this offense was and what Pitts was competing against? You know, so that that's probably, you know, as a rookie wide receiver, I would say on par um with the type of production that was being taken away from from Pitts. But I think it's just a natural progression of what these tight ends do, you know, uh, and players do, but, you know, tight ends specifically. Their second year for the ones that have been great has been the season when they've taken that huge step forward. And so, you know, you're hoping for Pitts to be in the 130 target range. You're hoping for the touchdowns to hopefully be north of five. But we, as we've seen with George mm-hmm. Kittle's career, five touchdowns can certainly be sustainable if the other things are there, the catches and the yards. And that's the other part for Pitts. You know, is, mm-hmm. it, will will his targets lead to just, you know, many more catches, many more recept, uh, receiving yards. And and that's the hope. So um, I, I think he belongs in the conversation with Kittle and Waller, more so than in the conversation with Kelsey and, and Andrews. Um, you could debate round three versus, you know, four and five. I, I'm certainly, you know, would prefer to get him later than that, uh, later than round three. But, you know, if you want a piece of what could be the next great player at that position, you probably have to buy in early.
0: Matt Ryan, by the way, averaged 233 passing yards per game. So he it's not like he had a great season. He had a pretty bad season by his standards. Uh Marcus Mariota in his career has averaged so again, it was I'll just I won't even do the decimals. I'll just round up. 233 yards per game for Matt Ryan last year. Marcus Mariota has averaged in his career 235. 228, 216, 181. Yikes. Now there was a game where he played and didn't start. And then 172, another game where he played and didn't start. But at the beginning and then, yeah, and that's basically it. At the beginning and, of and his also, career you had, he was in that range.
1: I, I think it's worth asking, like, how much of Matt Ryan averaging 233 yards per game last year had to do with Matt Ryan. The year before he averaged 286. The year before that, it was 298. The year before that, it was 308.
0: I'm just saying, Kyle Pitts had a thousand yard season as a rookie tight end on an offense that didn't even throw for 4,000 yards. Right. Ryan might have
1: been washed last year, you know, and washed up. It could be, it could be washed. It's possible Marcus Mariota's washed. (laughs) That he was never unwashed. (laughs) I don't know. Uh,
0: All right. Those are Heat's bold predictions. Jalen Hurts, QB1, Brandon Cook's career season, two top 24 running backs on the Chiefs. Jahan Dotson, the best wide receiver on the Commanders. And Kyle Pitts will finish outside the top eight tight ends again. And let's do some... Oh, uh, Jabe, I thought you were going to tell the story, by the way, about my tweets yesterday. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear the story about your tweets. <laughs> what did you do? Uh, let's see. How's the best way to phrase this? Um,
3: so, Adam... Did you tweet something about Rocky movies, I guess? Yeah,
0: I ranked the Rocky movies. Somebody wanted me to rank them. So, so I ranked, ranked by- the
3: Rocky movies, and somebody replied to him about the hate for Rocky Six. Rocky Balboa, and, yeah. And you replied back something I don't recall, but for some reason it was off the podcast tweet that he had from yesterday. So <laughs> me and Dave were tagged in this. And it looked at the <laughs> <episode>. <laughs> And it's... Uh, uh, male genitalia. Yeah,
1: I
0: was I was tweeting back and forth with a with a Twitter account where the avatar was just a wiener, basically, and I had no idea. I didn't even look. I didn't even notice.
3: And the Twitter handle suggests, it was disgusting. What it was. And so I said to Michael, "What what are you doing?" JB replies to, back. Oh, oh bleep!
0: Azer <laughs> is getting into a back and forth with someone who has a picture of blank for their Twitter avatar, and I wrote, "Holy bleep!" Did not even notice that. And uh, where yeah.
1: did you? Where did Creed fall in the rankings? Uh, well, hold on,
0: <laughs> let me read an email and then I'll look up my Iraqi <laughs> rankings. <laughs> Okay, emails. Well, fantasy. I mean, when we're talking Rocky. We got to make sure everybody's alive. So, so. listen, here, here, yeah, right. Here's what we're doing. Here's what we're doing the rest of the show. Emails for a few minutes, and then Jamie, Heath, and I are gonna give our thoughts on the Ozark finale. So when we're finished with the emails, I'll let everybody know. I won't spoil. We won't spoil anything. You can turn off the show, but we will be talking Ozark. Okay. Anyway, uh, from Matthew, please rank these tight ends this year in redraft: Dalton Schultz, Zach Ertz. Pat Fryermuth and Mike Gasicki.
1: Schultz this is a Earth's great Friarmuth. idea. Fryermuth Gosicki. how do you rank them? We should do this at all of the positions and, like, put them on the website. <laughs>
0: <laughs> People, yeah, have you ever, hey, Heath, I have a question. Have you ever gotten a start-sit question during the season? <laughs> People want to hear your reasoning, not just read your rankings. I'm sorry. Okay, uh, go ahead. I have my Rocky rankings when you're done ranking these tight ends.
3: Is Schultz, Fryermuth who? Schultz, Fryermuth, Ertz, and Gasecki. Schultz, Ertz, Fryermuth, Gasecki.
0: Yeah. Okay. Here are the (laughs) Rocky rankings Rocky one, Rocky two, Rocky four, Rocky three, Creed, Rocky Balboa, Never Saw Creed Two, Gili, Rocky five. Uh, if I think a movie is horrible, I put "G"ly in front of it. In whenever I rank it, okay. This question is from I don't know who it's from. He actually kind of reversed it I here. I've not seen
3: Creed two. What's wrong with you?
0: I started watching Creed two on an airplane. I saw about five to ten minutes. I thought it was it was one of the worst starts to a movie. I, I thought it was so pathetically bad. Well, you, uh,
1: I mean, you don't I like stop watching Michael it. B. Jordan. So
0: I, that's not true. I never said it's, that. It's very true. You cannot misquote me in your stinking thread. You don't like Michael B. Jordan? I love him. He's great. I don't don't feel that way. I have no opinion on Michael B. Jordan. (laughs) I just didn't really like Creed that much. Uh, Anyway, the question is from... Like, what's not to like? Lily, Robin, Ted, Marshall, and Barney. That's uh, How I Met Your Mother, right? Yep. I have a question about DK Metcalf's dynasty value. Everyone seems down on his value compared to a year ago, partially because of the way he finished and the assumption that anybody but Russ is a downgrade in the upcoming season... However, is there a chance that a lesser QB one forces Metcalf the ball more and will losing more games and getting more garbage passing work at the end of games help him as well? Um, He goes in a little bit deeper with some stats. Has the hate for DK Metcalf gone too far? Is he a hold, a buy or a sell in Dynasty?
3: I would say he's a buy because he's certainly cheaper and all those reasons could be right as well as he might not be in Seattle next year, or they might have a significant quarterback upgrade, you know? So you're, this is, this is probably as low as he's going to be while he still has the upside to be one of the best receivers in fantasy. So I would absolutely be trying to buy, I wouldn't be overpaying, but I'd be trying to buy for sure.
1: And I don't know what the perceived value drop is. I, I think I was a little lower on him at the beginning of last year than most. I had him wide receiver five in dynasty last September I've currently got him wide receiver nine. So I've dropped him a little bit, but he's still definitely a top 12 wide receiver and should go in the first three rounds of a rookie draft or a a startup, maybe first two. Yeah, and this
0: How I Met Your Mother character, he has Metcalf in both of his dynasty leagues. He's been looking for offers, and he did get the best offer he got was 103
3: in the rookie draft. So would you rather have
0: 103 or Metcalf?
3: Metcalf. Yeah, you're talking about Metcalf versus... London, Burks, Wilson, or Ken Walker? No. You'd rather have Metcalf? Yeah. Yep.
0: Okay. This is from Ethan. Uh, real quick, would you rather have Metcalf or Brees Hall?
3: I think that comes down to what you need, but I'd probably throw out have Metcalf.
1: I think I'm, I need to, that's one I have to pull up the top 154 because I think they're relatively close, but I have Hall ahead of Metcalf.
0: All right, from Ethan. Half PPR Keeper League, keep five. Patrick Mahomes... Jonathan Taylor, I'm not going to lie to you, this is a pretty easy one. Mahomes, Taylor, Montgomery, he just says Allen, so I'm thinking that's Keenan Allen, Jerry, Judy, Ridley, Ayuk, Amonra, St. Brown, Dalton Schultz.
3: Mahomes, Taylor, Montgomery, Allen, and Judy. Yeah, first five.
0: Yep. From Ian, we are entering the second year of our PPR Superflex Dynasty League. We have a three-round rookie-only draft this season. I was offered the fifth and the 16th pick in this year's rookie draft for my Travis Etienne. I also have the third pick and a mid-second round pick. So um, would you give up the fifth and the 16th pick for Travis Etienne? It's Superflex, and he
1: also has the third pick. He was offered the fifth in this year. So would you accept the fifth and 16th, right? Sorry.
0: Yes, would you give up ETN for the fifth and the sixteenth pick?
3: I would. So you're talking again, one of those receivers, probably Wilson. I think just based on what we'll see, Burks and London going ahead of him. Walker probably going ahead of him. So 16 is probably the super flex league. So the quarterbacks might start coming to play there. Um, I mean, man, ETN, if he was part of this class. Is he better than Brees Hall?
1: I would not say so, but... I would say he's better than Walker.
0: Yeah, I don't know. He's also got the third pick, so he could end up with Walker.
3: It's possible. Yeah. So 3-5 and 16. I don't know. i probably keep ETN.
0: Okay. All right. So it's obviously a pretty even trade. All right, everybody. If you want to talk about Ozark, please stick around. If you don't, Thank you for being here for the show. We'll have Dave's Bold Predictions tomorrow. We will not have Ben Schrager on tomorrow. This was Ben's last day. Bye, Ben. I think Ben left already. He's Bye. in a meeting. You. <laughs>
2: you so much.
0: All right, man. Bye, Ben. Enjoy your meeting. Hi, thanks. I got a meeting. Dude, it's your last day. You can wear whatever the hell you want.
2: I got to dress pretty in the office. Come on, Adam.
0: All right, all right. Um, uh, well, sad day for, for the FFT family for sure, but Ben's going on to... Uh, I I don't want to say bigger and better things, but he's going to hopefully for his sake, bigger and better things things
3: for him. Yeah, for sure.
0: Okay. uh, All right. So what'd you guys think?
3: Ozark. Of Ben's last show? Of Ozark. Uh, I mean, I enjoyed it, but I, you know, when I get invested in characters, I never really get like, oh, that was terrible. (laughs) You know, I know some people were disappointed.
1: I, I think as far as like endings of really good shows go, it was less disappointing than most.
0: like what it was better than game of thrones
3: from what i hear it wasn't better uh, than, it wasn't better than game of thrones. i mean look you knew you knew somebody prominent was gonna die
1: yeah i wish it hadn't i didn't been. like that I can mean, i just tell you like my my overarching theme that i came up yeah with, yeah yeah i maybe had a few drinks when i came up with this and i had sent a bunch of dms to one of our listeners who i've become friends with because i couldn't put it out on twitter um like, I really think that last season or like maybe even the show as a whole was like this was the feminist mob show. It was a takedown of the patriarchy. Omar was killed by his sister. Ben was killed by his sister. Jacob was killed by his wife. Nelson was killed by Rachel. Javi was killed by Ruth. Marty gets to live, but he's clearly not in charge of anything. <laughs> yeah, like it, like the
0: whole thing Wendy was responsible for so many people's deaths too. Right, yeah, uh, it, it, it directly or indirectly, she just got so many people.
1: Connected. Well, I mean, you look at who's in charge now, as the show ends. Yeah, yeah but I think though, better. for what you're talking about, Ruth would have to live. Maybe, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just think like maybe within this world, even like the money still always wins.
0: Yeah, that this the thing was it was more about money winning. Yeah, even in the last scene, they they tell you exactly what they were getting at right she's like he's like this isn't that kind of world where the Kennedys and whatever and she's she's like why not and then of course they <laughs> kill
3: him
1: it's, it's definitely well, that kind of world so i was
3: reading a bunch of stuff about did jonah shoot him of course he shot him i i agree but there are some some people that think like did he finally become a true member of the family at that point
1: well and like what else would the, he have that done? was the or, other or, or buy back into being part of the family? that look on wendy's face when she saw Jonah with the gun, like the pride that could have been any mob boss (laughs) when their son finally steps up and like, it was uh it was something.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought that the show was great. I thought the finale was fine. It wasn't an amazing finale, but it was a great show. I'm good. You know, I'm sad about Ruth. I, I guess I thought that Ruth's death could have been a little bit more dramatic. I didn't really like that whole scene. Anybody feel that way? I thought it was kind of a whatever scene.
3: I think the drama was more like when the the pharmacist, whatever her name is, she admitted that it was Ruth.
1: Oh yeah, that was cool. Shaw. Like that, well. that that
3: that you know, was she gonna lie again? And Ruth lives. I,
1: I thought like the way they built up to that like where it happened was more significant than anything. Like her tearing down all those trailers and reliving for that episode or two episodes all the terrible memories of the people on that piece of land and all of those guys had been killed either by her or by, by by this whole thing somehow and then she gets shot on that land before she ever does what she was going to do with it
0: so what do you think is it a top five show for you it's really up there it's have a ranking. show.
1: let's let's see how stranger things ends
0: <laughs> you're in are you into this season yet have you started i am yeah i watched one episode it's good it's a, it's a new show so, I, I don't know. I feel like that had something profound to say about Ozark. I, I like Narcos better, personally. No. I Obviously, I like The Shield better. I like Breaking Bad better. <laughs> I enjoyed Game of Thrones more, even though the last two seasons were pathetic.
1: Actually, just season seven. I liked Mad Men better. Didn't see it. That's, Mad Men's probably my favorite. Okay.
0: Yeah, Ozark was great. It was great. I thought Jason Bateman and Laura Linney were so different and played off of each other so well. I don't know, everything was great. The acting was great. Ruth Ruth was the best character on the show, by far. And I'm yeah. I'm happy that Netflix let it finish because Netflix cancels everything.
1: Did you see the um I don't I'm terrible with actors names and so I'm um what was the Netflix mini mini series that um Ruth just did on, on a where she was the New York oh, socialite? My my wife watched that one. Um, we watched that one, and she is a completely different person in that yeah, with yeah. a completely different accent. Yeah. But there are times in the last season of Ozark where you hear that accent from the other show kind of start to bleed through.
0: Really? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Uh, I think that can wrap up our uh, our Ozark discussion. Yeah, it just wasn't one of those like, oh, my God. Did you, did you see what it wasn't one of those? This is kind of just wrapped up. Oh, I know what my question was. I had the dumbest thing. It's unbelievable that I don't know the answer to this. So are they are the birds out or are they just going to keep laundering money with the FBI knowing about it? And they're protected in that regard.
3: I think they're out like they got all the funding for the foundation. Right. But they said they have to keep laundering through the bell. But I
0: didn't know if they were doing that or not.
3: No, I think that was until they got their donors. I, I no.
1: thought the better question is, who owns the bill now?
3: Oh, that's a good question. Probably Marty again.
1: I just kind of assume that Ruth, knowing what might come, had left it to, is Rachel, right? Rachel. Her partner? Or three. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Come three. On. That's right. Yeah. he's <laughs> very wealthy.
0: Well, thank you to uh, all of you for watching and listening. This extended version, this
1: Ozark talk. Uh, breaking news. Today. Uh-oh. Wait. The Vikings have signed Albert Wilson. Oh, I forgot to mention that. That was yesterday. It was yesterday? <laughs> the
3: Vikings <laughs> just tweeted it 19 minutes ago. Well, they confirmed it, but it was Drew Rosenhaus said it yesterday.
0: I have a breaking news sound effect. <laughs> but I didn't. It was, it's
3: official now. It is official now. It's also David is official. Now, if you want to go breaking
1: on that, that happened this <laughs> That's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Oh, and the Daryl Williams, <laughs> contract too. in NFL history?
3: Uh, Njoka, yeah. Pretty bad.
0: Later, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow on Fantasy Football today.
3: Breaking news. Dan Marino
2: has retired.
0: Tom Brady's back.